0: welcome to the private capital talent series um we have uh, mark from cross rapids we have ryan from pfa solutions i'm chris gale um there is in the bottom of your screen you should see A, a Q&A button you can hit um to uh, ask questions we'll probably answer those at the end but if you have something particularly salient we can jump on it uh, as we're chatting um and um, I'd like to kick it off by inviting Mark to, um, to introduce himself if, uh, if he'd be willing to.
1: Thanks, Chris. Uh, so, my name is Mark Fearman. I am CFO and partner of uh, Cross Rapids Capital. Cross Rapids is a new mid market private equity and special sits fund uh, focused on the industrials and related services. Uh, prior to joining Cross Rapids, I spent Thirteen years at KKR. Uh, I joined KKR uh, initially to help out with the IPO. Um, following the IPO, I ran the management company financials for nine years. Um, after nine years, uh, KKR had evolved a lot. We were reassessing uh, the processes and, and controls, and we ended up launching a, a middle mark, a middle office uh, operations team focused on the private equity business really focused on processes and efficiencies in closing uh, private equity transactions, as well as portfolio company reporting and investor services. Um, so that's a little background of, uh, about myself uh, and where I've been the past 15 years or so.
0: So if I oversimplify, you've been on the giant side of things, you've been on the sort of the growth and the innovative side. Is there some comparing and contrasting you can do in terms of what's different on yeah. both ends of that spectrum?
1: Yeah, well, when I joined KKR um, back um, right around when, when they went public, I think it was 2008-ish, um, they're really a, a private equity firm, um, a, a bigger private equity firm probably. I think they're in, in the US, Europe, and just kicking off their Asia franchise. And then over the next few years, it really just, exploded in growth, um, went into every asset class you can think of, plus more, uh, which increased complexities um, right about at that time, there was a, a lot of scrutiny going on by all of our stakeholders, not just the public shareholders, but yet the SEC, um, who started doing uh, sweep exams of private equity firms as well as our LPs, they started asking a lot more questions about transparency and reporting. So in the position that I was, I got to see a lot of the interconnectivity between the different operational groups. It wasn't just focused on finance. And so I got a good understanding of how finance affects compliance, affects IT, and so forth across the firm. Um, That's what Really enticed me to go more on an entrepreneurial move in my career and joining Cross Rapids because I was now able to use all that knowledge that I gained at KKR, very complex organization, um, and apply that to a smaller firm that was just getting uh, started and and kicked off and able to build what I saw could be best in, in class processes uh, from the ground up.
0: You mentioned uh, it and compliance um, what about and especially at cross rapids the sort of fundraising and the deal sourcing uh, side because from what i've what I've heard and, and and shared is that generally speaking you know it's it's a tough environment right now and um, <clears throat> you kind of need to innovate or come up with new approaches yep. to things. And if you're on the upside side, you're kind of in a position where you're forced to say, no, please don't do that because it might have consequences later.
1: You know, one, one thing I was very conscious about was to get a seat at the table very early on and have constant meetings and talks with the managing partner and, and the other deal professionals to really give me an idea of what was in their head, where did they envision, um, capital come from? Where were they going to, what kind of deals were we going to do? Was it, we're going to be strictly PE? Um, you know, we had this special sits thing, but and that can really take on a lot of different flavors. So I made sure to to get as much information out of their head as possible for me to then understand, okay, what, what do I need to be successful to to build this firm? Um, I know I was brought on a as, as CFO and you've got the blocking and tackling of getting financials out the door, but I wanna build processes which are scalable. Um, I've also being at at a a startup um, being very cash conscious and and you don't have um, the money necessarily to bring on um, a a big staff. So asking a lot of questions and bringing in um, experts in the field where necessary um, became very important. Um, so when I thought about the the fundraising and that part of the business, trying to align my my third-party service providers in all areas, um, especially in compliance and in the operations, I would say like the middle office operations to make sure I was going to be able to support um, on, on the compliance side. What's our path forward to registering with the SEC? On, on the business side, are we going to be doing any um, trading of of, publicly, of of public securities and, and can my fund admin su- support that? Um, so it's not just um, private equity that's going to be in the picture, but, but what, what other uh, products are going to be out there? Um, so, so I was very conscious uh, of speaking to a lot of people, interviewing um, a lot of fund admins to understand what their competencies were. Um, in order to make sure I had the right partner, not just for today, but for three, five, ten years down, down the road. Um, I'd also say we had, I would say, business plan and understanding of the direction that we thought Cross Rapids was going to go. Um, and we probably pivoted 10 times from there and being able to adjust as we went along. So thinking, OK, we're just going to raise a fund on day one. Do we want to Bring in a seed partner. Do we want? Do we think we can go and raise the money ourselves? Um, the the path that we ended up on was really operating as a fundless sponsor for a little and building our own track record and really proving out that we have great people here that can um, put capital to work very successfully and provide great returns for our investors. So. Um, I really had my hands in every little bucket, and at the same time trying to educate the deal professionals who historically have done a lot of investing and doing, doing great investing, but bridging that back office and middle office operational um, matters that are important in making sure that uh, we, keep, we keep the train on the tracks and, and we have the resources we need to support the business that they wanna be getting into.
0: So it, it sounds like the front end of the process is, is focused on communications, is, is there a particular way that you, so I, I hear two, two conversations in particular, and probably a third, but maybe we can get to that. The first one is with, with, with leadership, are you setting the table a particular way to make sure that you're getting the information you most need to say go to the fund It's like how do, you, how do you do that, it's, do you have a special yeah. way of doing that?
1: well, I, I think I had standing meetings with the managing uh, partner every every week, um giving them updates of the types of people I'm talking to and why I'm talking to them because I think and I also brought him into some of the meetings as i especially with like fund admins. I explained to him, okay, there's a broad range of fund admins. You know, you've got the small guys who are very customer focused, really trying to grow their business. and and could really um hold your your hand and, and provide good good service, but maybe they're not gonna be able to support um complex uh settlement of, of debt of debt trading that we have, all the way to the big guys, where we might be a, a small fish in a big sea. Um, and also sh- showing the examples of the, the work product that's received by those different fund admins. And, Costs associated with the big guys versus the small guys, and really giving him and edu- giving the, the whole team an education of what you get at the different levels. So, um, that was I spent months interviewing uh fund admins before we we finally made a selection. And, um, you know, I i asked a lot of questions, talked to a lot of um customers of the different fund admins, um, and and they're you know, I, I got comfortable. With With a provider that would be able to to support me in the long run
0: and and so the second conversation with uh, people on the on the fundraising or the deal side, how do you set the table with, with that particular yeah, I, I, think just,
1: here. I think timing of everything and the amount of time it takes to get everything set up to close a deal is sometimes very eye opening to an investment professional. They, you know, they're very focused on on building their models and figuring out what the returns are and and structuring that tra- transaction. But do they know? Hey, I need. Uh, I'll give myself I'll sandbag a little, or I can. But do, do I need a, a month to open up a bank account? Um, you know, we've got to uh, open up, uh, create entities, and register with the 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 state that we're opening it in. And and all this takes a lot of time and a lot of different people's hands are in the pot. And the coordination between the lawyers and the um, the accountants and everybody else who's involved in every little piece is really eye-opening to them. So trying to make sure I have the time that I need to get a call out in time to have the information I need to uh, to close the transaction. I think it's very eye-opening when you get um these investment professionals who are from bigger, I would say mid market, bigger firms who have have had a, a huge support system in the back that they're it's almost blind to them when they're in those firms. And now suddenly they're taking a the front seat because they're they're in this entrepreneurial endeavor where they have to do everything from soup to nuts.
0: And and we mentioned, I think. In um, highlighting this webcast, um, reducing the time to close a fund, and I think that's something that you worked on at KKR. Um, um, can you talk about how those conversations result um, in a faster close time and why that's important? Is that yeah, well, about mandates well,
1: cur- or? Yeah, cu- currently the, the the funds that we're opening are really like single investment SBBs, Um okay. so which, which causes come complexity and and a lot of stress on the deal closing process because not only are you negotiating a deal with 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 the company that you're buying but you're also negotiating with LPs coming in and structuring not just the transaction but also the fund and what's the carry waterfall like and what are what expenses are we going to be incurring and so forth and trying to um make sure your LPs are going to get the information that they need. So, um, very um, early on in the process, uh, when we it looks like we're going to win the deal, we start that structuring process, and we start talking to the LPs of of what they expect. LPs have have a loud voice here because they're providing that equity, and and they're you know we have to provide the reporting that they need because then they have to provide reporting to their LPs, and and it, it it's a big downstream effect.
0: So and I've I've seen um Ryan's mouth open a few times that I've been talking over. I wanna there's one thing in particular I wanted to ask. And that is in what you're describing, um how much how much are you thinking about it or working on it in a spreadsheet? And how much of that do you want to see migrating over to what I would call um true software? And if I can just add something on top of that. Um in conversations we've had, including before this particular webcast, um, you know, spreadsheets feel, you know, warm and comfortable if you've spent a few decades of your your career working out macros and such, but it also seems like there's a lot of problems that can occur with the complexity that you're describing. Um, So So, so I think
1: spreadsheets really form, uh, they help create what you're looking to do. And I think you can prove out what you're trying to do. But to keep to stay on those spreadsheets long term, what I noticed, especially at KKR, um was you know, they, they start falling apart when there's an exception here. Cause there's gonna be an exception there, there's gonna be another one here and another one there. And yep. suddenly the controls around that spreadsheet start to get very questionable. And hey, we need a system to handle this. We need, you know, that's scalable, that can can work with us as things change. And as complexities come in, that's when those spreadsheets start to fall apart. So they seem comfortable and easy to work with day one, but I'm very conscious to get everything into more of a a database structure that I can run reports out of and -hmm. and have controls around and and rely on. Um, Because I know three years down the road, I'm going to want to know what went on three years ago and be able to push a button and run reports and get the information without worrying about, oh, was it the final version of the spreadsheet or was there one, you know, that someone emailed that I didn't even save down.
0: And to Ryan, you've gone from large organization to a, a growth organization. Um, what what Mark just described is something I wanted to hear from, from you about, which is uh, if, I, if I heard you right, Mark, you're saying you've got one exception and another and another one, and then the yes. Excel sheet starts you know the performance of the excel sheet starts declining you start having issues does software ryan potentially allow someone in mark's position to you don't want to go crazy and grant all sorts of exceptions but be able to say yes a few more times than no in order to facilitate the deal or the fundraising team
2: uh yeah absolutely uh, first off i guess i'll um, um I acknowledge your point about going from a big Big company to a small company. I appreciate Mark's experience as well going from KKR to, um, to Cross Rapids, which is a, a startup, startup fund. I was at a, a big four, went to a startup technology company and it's, it's, um, yeah, there's a world of difference. You know, there's a lot of resources at the big, big companies. You can you know find people that know, know anything, a subject matter expert on tax, on compliance, on accounting. You have that at, at these big, big companies, a small company, you really, uh, are limited to the resources at your firm and then your, your network. So I, I think it's been interesting seeing Mark go from KKR to Cross Rapids and myself going from uh, Ernst & Young to, to BFA. I think we have share some of the same, same experiences. And then also, you know, removal of some of the the red tape that you have at the big, big companies to really get things done quickly. So there are, there are a lot of benefits of working at the small company uh, in terms of um that the question on, on the software versus spreadsheets, uh, yeah, we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing client, clients use Excel spreadsheets uh, for, for analytics. Uh, we use it, I probably have seven spreadsheets open right now on my computer. We use it to load client data. We, every, every page within our software application can be exported to Excel. So we allow that flexibility to use the tool as analytics, but, but where we see it breaking down is over time when you have those exceptions, have clients that have 30, 40 different tabs um, to create employee statements where all these formulas are connected to a single tab. And if you make a mistake there, um, or if, if somebody rolls a formula incorrectly, then, then you have a mistake to all these different statements. Or And we've seen clients distribute the incorrect uh, amount of funds on the GP carry side, because there was some some mistake in, in a spreadsheet or vesting schedule. Uh, wasn't updated from a legal doc to to the spreadsheet. So you, it, it it's a great tool. We love Excel, but then it really a lot of firms outgrow it, uh, especially once they hit their two or three funds. They start to have employees coming and going uh, on on the carry side, where you just can't manage in Excel long long term. And it, it we we do demos of our our software product, and first thing people say sometimes is like, we have seven Excel spreadsheets. You know, for them, we're done by a person that's no longer here. We need to get this into a controlled state in in a in a platform and then be able to use indicators for those exceptions, those nuances that that Mark was mentioning, and then get the reporting out when you press press a button. it's um uh, getting software uh, implemented is not always an easy task, but then from a long term perspective, it is it is um in a more controlled framework
1: yeah and and chris, j- just to add uh, a good example is. Uh, I called up Ryan probably a few weeks after I started at the firm and I was talking about carry programs and we didn't have a fund. We didn't have an investment. We we didn't have people. We we, we were three people sitting in a WeWork office and here I am talking about software solutions to allocate carry to something that doesn't exist.
0: What does yeah. that, what does that uh, enable? Oh, no, go, go ahead, Ryan.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, Mark, it's interesting seeing Mark jump right into that position and say, okay, we want to think about software from the start, understand what the capabilities are, because down the road, we don't want to have this hairy Excel spreadsheet or seven Excel spreadsheets or, or spend the time building the models in Excel when could potentially use some sort of platform or service provider out there if it already exists. So, so he, he's come in with that fresh set of eyes, blank slate. Can we do things better from the start versus having to repair um, some some you know, mistakes made down the road and then and and then rehash everything, get it all into to a platform.
0: So, did, how does that connect, um, Mark? To, for instance, having a faster close, or how does that link back to the conversations you had uh, with the leaders of the firm or on the fundraising side to set the table?
1: Well, I, I think. It, it... Employee compensation is obviously very important in our business. And trying to align um, compensation with people's efforts, I think, is a top priority of uh, our leadership here. But trying to match that with a carry program that isn't overly complex, that's going to cause crazy tax issues and a lot of operational pain when people come and people go. So trying to figure out a way, how can we create a scalable program that's still gonna uh, compensate people for the effort that they're putting in? And uh, everybody's natural tendency to say, I wanna pay them based on exactly what they do um, or what investments they make or so forth. And everybody knows reallocating carry causes tax issues, causes pain, tracking issues. And so, um, like I said, speaking to them early on and explaining, i I get what's in your head and how you want want to handle this. but here's the issue operationally and from a tax perspective. Um, so let's think about another way we can skin that cat, and then which which then I can also get out of Excel and into um, a system that can help me track that much better.
0: Got it got it so the conversation sort of in the early on sets the stage of what the requirements are but in addition to that allowing you to have these conversations with fund administrators for instance and to see the work product and see if they understand what you're doing you're also implementing technology that allows you to be nimble
1: um and you're learning a lot about what what's on market and the market seems to change all the time and people have new ideas and new tax code comes out and everything so um like I talked to a lot of fund admins, I spoke to a lot of compliance providers, IT providers. Well, I looked at compensation as a big part of that and reached out to Ryan to understand what he's seeing in the marketplace.
0: If I could put you on the spot, and I'm watching the clock here. Um, so you were a participant in PFA's roundtable um, back in January, and that, that um, planted some of the seeds for this conversation where we've been talking about complexity um so you and other participants in that round table were asked what are your biggest challenges in 2023 with regard to you know carrying and compensation um and most of I, I don't know how you answered but uh most of of your peers in that room answered complexity of allocation and incentive plans are there particular dimensions of that are contributing that complexity that you would point to um i i know it's kind of hard to sort of see across the whole industry but are, is there anything that you would point to that is pushing that either perception or the genuine complexity that we're seeing out there
2: yeah yeah absolutely i think we are seeing a lot of creativity especially on the the vc side uh fund funds working with some that have some some nuances uh, a lot more firms are having water uh, high watermark or catch up provisions for new, for new joiners, um, so that adds complexity on the accounting operations staff. Uh, when we look at our clients right now, it's pretty much split between firms that grant carry at the fund level versus deal by deal or investment tranche level. I, I think we're seeing more on the deal by level. I, I don't know if that's great news for for Mark as he <laughs> as he uh, structures his his carry program and what the investment professionals are are looking to do. I mean, we even have one client that was doing a deal by deal carry allocations and, and then they decided to change things to increase certain individuals allocations on deals that they were involved in and then decrease their, their allocations on things that they weren't as involved in. So they already had a model where people were aligned to the investments that, that they were, they were employed that, that were made during their employment, but then the firm further adjusted things. And the client said, this is, if we didn't have a system to manage this, it, it would be impossible in Excel because all the vesting schedules changed when they made this, this enhancement. So we, we are seeing a lot of, a lot of nuances this. And then on the co-investment side, seeing a lot of firms having management fee waiver programs, as well as loan programs, and then some of them are across the entire enterprise some of them are fund specific there's cross collateralizations uh, so when they're drawing a cap, um, when they're generating a cap call it's not just you know send send me the money it could be uh, netting a distribution it could be bringing in the 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 loan program the waiver so all of these things are are causing strain on the ops upside ops and, and all, all of our clients have lean teams there's only a few people that are are trusted with this information. So we're we're certainly seeing uh, activity on our side and firms wanting to do something better and use systems and service providers to help them out. Perfect.
0: I've got uh, a few questions from uh, participants. Um, number one is: uh, There's been a lot going on with banks right now. How are you handling that?
1: Hmm, that's that's been fun, um, <laughs> actually. Um, we, we've uh, uh, Crosswrap is a, is a little lucky being a fundless sponsor that we don't have a lot of credit lines out there at the fund level and everything. Um, but what we do have is a lot of questions coming from our LPs that really on top of this and making sure that their money is safe and not just at the fund level, but really drilling down to the portfolio company and you know who's your portfolio company bank with. What are they doing? Are they uh, overnight in sweeps into money markets to reduce exposure, you know, overnight? So, um, you know, obviously you had the SVB and signature situation, FRB going over to Chase really solidified up that banking relationship. But it's really questioning these single bank relationships and do GPs have to diversify a little more and maybe go to one of the big banks, as well as having a um, a regional uh, banking relationship that, you know, th- I don't think there's one bank that has a silver bullet that's going to provide everything that a GP needs from, you know, their good online banking platform to, to credit lines and everything for the fund and for the GP. So really diversifying and, and building those relationships. And unfortunately, over the last few weeks, these banks have been just swamped with calls and requests, so everything is definitely moving a little slower than maybe in a regular environment, but mm-hmm. I think people are are waking up a little and tr- trying to build broader banking relationships.
0: Excellent. Um, Mark, are there particular resources out there that you would point fellow CFOs to uh, that have helped
1: you? Yeah, I, I think... My, my network has always been a great asset of mine and um, meeting a lot of different people with different backgrounds. So I join a lot of uh, private equity CFO groups um, uh, through, it, it could be different CFO industry groups. It could be um, some of the banks that I'm with are, are heavy in the PE industry and and ha- have email chains that go around with people's questions. Um, and then it's also my extended network of of ex uh, co workers and um, you know talking through when I spoke to fund admins and getting and speaking to some of of their customers you know introducing myself and uh, starting a dialogue with other CFOs of mid market firms so really try to get out there and meet a lot of people and talk to them and you you never know when the, their services are going to be needed or you can have a question ah oh, I remember that person. In a similar predicament and pick up the phone and speak to them
0: and last question i think before we wrap up i'm going to squeeze this in um will pfa solutions have another round table this year and
2: how can we get an invitation we well, we uh we're looking to do one in, in on the west coast so yeah feel free to reach out if you're you're interested in doing that i'm happy to share the results of the survey that we did at the round table if you weren't Weren't there? We had about four or five polling questions that like glean uh, a lot of the information that we're talking about now. Challenges: What are folks focused on over the next twelve months? And then, and what do, what do our clients and potential clients want to see in in the a, a FarmView platform? So happy to share that information. Mark Ryan, everybody, thank you so much,
0: and uh, look out for the next uh, webcast. Have a good day. thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone.